Hey everybody, Mark Mascola here. I want to welcome you to Powerless to Powerful Live. Um, again, I want to I want to welcome all of our Powerless to Powerful um, members of our men's mastermind. Uh, this is a call that really is designed for them. But what's really cool about it is we, as a group, uh, a group that has decided to you know awaken our masculine souls to a different. Uh, to a different outcome, to a different possibility. We, we are a group of men who have decided to trade being powerless over our addiction for it being powerless over us. Um, what we do every week as is, is we move forward with this, uh, with this call is, um, you know, we're going to invite men who, uh, who we think this would be a good fit for. Um, you know, this I'm going to throw out, uh, and I'll go ahead and, and give my disclaimers here before I jump into the topic. Let me uh, let me first tell you, don't construe any of this that I'm going to talk about as medical advice. It is not. Consult your doctor. Um, I uh, I'm not a doctor. Um, what we uh, what we're going to talk about here is uh, is along the lines of personal and spiritual development coaching. Um, so you know you're not going to get any uh, any medical advice here. Um, if something that I say offends you, uh, you know, I guess you got two options. You can either check out um, and and uh, and not listen to the rest of the information, uh, or you know, you can get over being offended and, and raise and awaken yourself to a new possibility. You know, um, I understand that that my life uh, as a man in recovery, uh, I, I can't I can't remain stagnant. You know, I've, I've always got to be reaching and stretching and growing. I, I view my recovery as a muscle, and I've got to strengthen it all the time. And that means I've got I've got to be willing to experience some new ideas. And uh, you know, I know in the in, in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, there's a there's a statement in there that that says something along the lines of you know there there is one idea that can keep a man in everlasting ignorance. Uh, that idea is contempt prior to investigation. It means don't judge something until you get all the information. So uh, as I'm as I tell you, we're going to jump into some stuff that uh, that you know. My goal here is is to help you think bigger than than you're you're thinking in your current circumstances. And uh, so um, don't uh, don't let that whole contempt prior to investigation thing be you. Uh, remember the most expensive thing that you can have in your life is a closed mind. Uh, men who have closed minds remain in addiction. So <clears throat> I'll just throw that out there. All right. So the purpose of this call is kind of the purpose in everything that I do. Uh, it's to raise the percentages of men who realize the rewards on the positive side of their addiction. Um, it, my uh, the, the problem that most men have is is that they have a belief system that gives their past permission to hold their future hostage. They have a belief system that allows them to remain in active addiction, thinking, uh, you know, I I can fix this next week, next month, um, you know. And and unfortunately, and I know, let me put both hands in the air. I I, I had to absolutely lose it all. I mean, I, I had to go truly. Um, I had to lose my family. I had to lose my business. I had to lose it all till I was ready to say, you know, enough is enough. Um, you know, the 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 problem with a lot of guys in recovery is 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 that they, 
let me let me rephrase that. The problem with a lot of guys in addiction is that they have a belief system that keeps them stuck there. And the one thing that you have to understand about recovery is that you, we, all men, we have a belief system that, believe it or not, can keep us stuck in our recovery as well. Believing that, you know, that we know it all, believing that uh, there's nothing else for us, believing that all we've got to do is just don't use and go to a meeting and that's enough. Uh, let me tell you, there's a lot more to it for a guy like me, and, and I would be willing to bet you're here because there's a lot more to a guy for a guy like you as well. You know, the definition of the word belief is an acceptance that something is true. And I'm going to add whether it is or not. And you'll see what I mean as I go through this call. Let me, let me begin with a little story here. Uh, I think we can all agree that the elephant is the most powerful land animal on earth. An adult elephant, you know, can, can weigh up to 13,000 pounds and can carry as much as 18,000 pounds. It's like 100 grown men. I mean, think about that for a minute. Um, it, 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 an elephant is, it, I mean, it's feared by, by most people in the world. I mean, it, it can destroy most anything it chooses when it chooses to. But here's, here's what I want you to understand about this whole belief thing is the way they, they train an elephant is that they chain that elephant's leg to a log or to a post at a very young age, and that elephant becomes conditioned, that elephant becomes conditioned to the fact that it is a captive, right? Even though, even as it grows, grows strong enough and powerful enough in size to carry the weight of more than 100 grown men, that elephant remains a captive because of one simple thing. Someone helped it create a belief. Think about that for a second. Is that elephant truly powerless, or does he just believe he is? So I'm going to throw out something here that, that I talk about all the time. And if you follow me on social media, if you listen to any of my podcasts, go through any of, our, any of the programs that we create at, at Powerless to Powerful and More Powerful Me, you're going to hear me say one thing. And this is, this is why this disclaimer I talked about a few minutes ago, uh, if I say something that offends you, you'll have to get over it. If I say something that contradicts what you believe, uh, I'm going to ask you to question whether that belief serves you or whether it, like the elephant, holds you captive. The first step says we were powerless over our addiction and our lives have become unmanageable. That, that, that first step doesn't say that I'm powerless over my life. So I, I'm going to say something here that, that may contradict things that you hear at 12-step at recovery meetings. It may contradict things you hear from your sponsor. I'm going to tell you, it's not in my nature to be powerless. And I'm going to tell you, it's not in yours either. And let me tell you why. You were born in the image and the likeness of a powerful God. And so was I. And so to accept powerlessness in anything you do, it's not in your nature. And that's why so many men struggle with their journey in recovery. They have a belief that they have to accept powerlessness as the path. 
Now back to that first step. The first step says powerless over my addiction. does not say powerless over my life. does not say powerless over my personal growth. And, I, and I'll go ahead and roll through these. There are eight key areas every man must master. And that, that, that first step does not say powerless over my personal growth. It does not say powerless over my relationships. It does not say powerless over my finances. It doesn't say powerless over my physical health, my mental clarity, my nutrition, my recreation, and it most definitely does not say powerless over my spiritual connection and my life's purpose. When we choose to put our addiction first, we can live a powerless lifestyle. But again, that is not in your nature. You were born in the image and the likeness of a powerful God, and when you accept that and you understand what that first step says, but more importantly, what it means to you as a man, in, in, as a husband, as a father, and as a businessman, your recovery will change forever. So why should you listen to me? I, uh, I started this journey back in 1999, um, and I'm not going to go into a full story about me. I, I'm... I, uh, I ran into a little bit of information uh, in the year 2000, in my first year in recovery, that changed the course of my recovery forever. It changed the course of my life forever. I ran into the little-known science of positive psychology. Positive psychology, unlike regular normal psychology, right? The normal psychology, regular psychology tries to figure out what's wrong with us so we can fix it and, and bring our lives back to a base level of barely miserable. And here, again, I'm not, I'm not kicking psychology. Um, but positive psychology figures out what is right with us. It figures out our strengths. It helps us understand our core values, understands what makes us unique, and, understand, and helps us understand what it takes to awaken our masculine soul and connect to the power of God so God can work in us, for us, with us, and through us. So I became enamored and absolutely addicted to this positive psychology thing. And so for the last 20-plus years, I have been a student of, I've been studying, learning, teaching, and introducing people to the principles of positive psychology. And, and I have applied them in my recovery, and that's why when I focus on the things that I'm called to be powerless over, I will remain powerless and remain in the problem. When I focus on the things that I'm being called to be powerful in, and I focus on my power, I focus on my connection to God, I focus on my connection to a brotherhood of men who can help me pick my head up out of my problems and find a solution. This isn't, you know, it's like I tell my kids all the time, this is not about what happens. It's about what you do about what happens. And so for the last 20 years, 20-plus I, I, years, it's, what is it, it's uh, July 22nd. I've got uh, seven days, and I will, I'll be celebrating my 22nd recovery birthday. Um, I, I found a purpose for my recovery and a purpose for my life because of my recovery, and, and what I do is try to help men understand that so they can do the same for themselves. So... Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm an author. I've written a, a couple of books. I, I host several podcasts. So I'm not just a guy with an opinion. I mean, this is stuff that I study. Uh, I'm, an expert at, I'm, a, I'm an expert at this stuff, and, and let me tell you, I humbly accept my expertise because this path was provided me by God. I just decided to walk on it, right? This ain't about me. This is about, this is about him. And that's why I always say all the time, I'm a more powerful me because of a most powerful him. So the topic of tonight is the power in overcoming guilt. Guilt is awful, right? We as men, we do so many things, not only in our addiction, but in our recovery that we feel guilty about, right? Whether, whether that guilt is valid, whether it's not valid, Right? We, we feel guilty for the bad decisions that we make. We feel guilty for the good decisions that we don't make. We feel guilty when we look at somebody else's profile on social media and say, oh, man, I don't have what they have. I'm not doing what they do. Well, let me tell you, the whole game in overcoming guilt is, number one, learn to be the superstar in your own story. This is about you. It isn't about them. I know, having watched it for over 20 years, being an aftercare group leader, you know, um, a lot of the programs, I've created a program called the Power 12 program. We've got a, a handful of guys going through the Power 12. Basically what it is is it's a masculine journey through the 12 steps. Um, you know, I've I've listened to fifth steps, fourth and fifth steps with guys. I've done I've done all the stuff, and, and I and I understand that guilt is one of the primary causes of relapse. And so, what we want to do here is learn how to get over guilt. And and there, just like anything else, what we want to do is create a simple system, and a system is an easily understood or organized method of action. Systems work. And, and what we want to do is have a system that helps us, helps us get to a place where we learn to control this guilt thing because um, we, I came up with something years ago called the happiness principle. And, and, you know, if you ask a guy what makes you happy, most of them will mutter something about, well, you know, I didn't use today. You know, I'm grateful. Uh, I'm grateful I didn't use today. I, I uh, some of them will mutter something about, you know, I wish I, if I was happy, I'd make more money. Uh, the happiness principle is a present moment emotion that does three things. It's based on three things. Number one, making peace with your past. What does that mean? That means I, I can't, I've got to do what it takes to rid myself of the guilt of the things that I did. And I've got to understand. And that's one of the things that I help guys with in, in the Power 12 program is understand Addiction, it's not who you are. It's what you did. When you label yourself an addict, that's fine. It's cool to say that at a meeting. Hey, I'm an alcoholic. I'm an addict. I, I did it for years. I don't do it anymore. I say I'm grateful to be clean and sober. I'm grateful to God to be clean and sober. Because, I, I mean, I don't want to label myself as a problem. And, again, this is, this is understanding the difference between powerlessness and being powerful. And back to that humility thing I was just talking about, and, and then I'll jump back to the happiness principle. Humility, God-given humility, you know, too many men make it to recovery and think that true humility 
It's about tucking your tail between your legs and, and admitting that, that you're powerless, right? I got this problem. I'm this addict. I'm an alcoholic. My life sucks. Well, I get all that, right? True God-given, God-inspired humility is when you bust your ass to become the, the husband, the father, the businessman, the spiritual leader of your family and in your community. That, that's when you learn to accept true God-given, God-inspired humility. So when I, when I say I'm an expert in positive psychology and I'm an expert at helping men you know, find solutions in recovery, it's because I have accepted my God-given, God-inspired humility. This, again, this is not about me. This is about a message that God is, has put out there, and I've just kind of figured out a way to, to, to use the message to help guys create better results in their recovery and in their life. So the happiness principle is, is about making peace with the past, having a vision for your future, Right, having something bigger than than just settling for life as it is, and and then putting together an action plan to get you there. True happiness means I have a vision for my life. I've let go of the things that I that that caused me guilt. I have a vision for my life, and man, I am busting my ass to make that vision a reality every single day. So here are, I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about letting go of guilt as it relates to something that I created years ago that's available in several of the programs that I created. It's called the five pillars. And there are five pillars every man should build his life on, and I'll reel these off and then I'll explain each one of them. Pillar number one is the picture pillar. Pillar number two is the play pillar. Three is the pivot pillar. Four is the, the uh, persist pillar. And five, which is the center pillar of it all, is the prayer pillar. So when we're learning to let go of guilt, let's talk about p- pillar number one, the picture pillar. Picture as in there's two pictures that you have to take. Number one is you've got to take a snapshot of your current circumstances. That's, that's like I was talking about these guys that are going through the Power 12 program. This week has been their four-step inventory, right? We want to take a snapshot of, of where we are. And when we take an inventory, it's not just about inventory, the things that hold us back. It's about inventory and our strengths as well, right? Back to this whole concept of, of positive psychology. You know, I want to inventory what's wrong with me, but I damn sure better inventory what's right with me too, I'll never forget when I did my first fourth and fifth step with my first sponsor. Man, I had written out all this stuff, and I had pages of stuff, and it was an ass-kicking contest for me. I had written down everything that I felt guilty about my entire life. I sat down with that sponsor, and he said, what do you got there? And I said, well, this is my fourth step. And I handed it to him, and he balled it up and threw it in the trash can. I thought, what the hell? And he said, now let's have a conversation. And so I sat there and I talked to him about the things, the challenges that I had. And when I did that, I got done with all of that stuff. And he said, okay, so tell me something good about Mark. And I said, what? And he said, when we do an inventory, we just don't inventory the bad stuff. When we inventory, we inventory it all. So that first pillar being the picture pillar, we want to take an inventory of what's holding us back, figure out what's holding us back. 
And, and you can figure out some of that stuff yourself. If you can't, find somebody to help you. I mean, that's why we created the Powerless to Powerful Brotherhood. It's a group of men who, who will help another man believe he can do this stuff. Why? Because they have done it, they're doing it, and have done it themselves. So we want to take a picture of, of our current circumstances. I mean, where we are in, in our relationships, what our challenges are, the whole deal. And then picture number two is we want to have a vision for the life we want to create. We want to have a vision for the man we want to become. You know, one of the trainings that I do all the time is to help guys understand the three distinct phases of recovery. And, and I'll, I'll do that in a completely different workshop, but I'll bust through those real quick. Phase one is the physical abstinence phase. That's just where you've got to quit doing what you're doing. Phase two is the rebuilding phase. That's where you start putting your life back together, uh, the life that crumbled because of your addiction. And then phase number three is the discovery, creation, and life's purpose phase. This is where you start to create the life. You partner with God, and you start creating the life that you were meant to live in your recovery and because of your recovery. And so you've got to have a vision in each of the three distinct phases of recovery. In phase one, the physical abstinence phase, where you just got to quit doing what you're doing, your vision isn't much more than physical abstinence. I just got to not use for a while. Because when, when, you, when, when that's a vision that you make a reality, you start opening up all kinds of doors to other, to other things. You know, the number one thing that, that, that I help guys realize is, is the concept of the word decision. The definition of the word decision means to cut off all other options. Most men are miserable failures at their, at their journey at getting over an addiction because they never make a decision. Why, have I, why am I fixing to celebrate 22 years in recovery? Because I made a decision on July 29, 1999, that I cut off all other options for me other than to be clean and sober. And then when I do that for my recovery, I can start doing that for the other areas of my life as well. So we're going to have a vision for staying clean and sober in, in phase one, and then we're going to have a vision for what it takes to put our life back together in, the, in phase two in recovery. And then once we master those two, we can start having a vision for the life that we were meant to live, the husband, the father, the businessman, the man that's impactful in the community, the man who has traded being powerless over his addiction for it being power, powerless over him. That is the essence of going from powerless to powerful. And, it, and it's the first step in letting go of guilt. Right? I've got to make peace with my past, but the first thing I've got to do, I've got to quit doing the things that I'm guilty for. What's the number one reason men relapse because of guilt? It's because they won't quit doing the very thing that they're guilty for. They won't quit using, they won't quit lying, they won't quit cheating, they won't quit watching porn, they won't quit fill in the blank. If you never make a decision, you'll never reap the rewards of what goes on here on the positive side of addiction. So that's pillar number one is the picture pillar. 
Take an inventory of where you are and have a vision for, for the life you want to create. And again, you've got to create that, that vision in three different phases. Clean and sober, and then don't get stuck there. Don't believe that clean and sober is good enough. Rebuild the life that crumbled because of your addiction, and then figure out what parts of it serve you, and then create a life on your terms. Pillar number two is the play pillar. Now, you heard me just mention the eight key areas every man has to master. One of them is recreation, doing more things in life that make it fun. But that's not what I'm talking about with the play pillar. I'm talking about the play button. If you look at the play button on, on your phone or, or on a video, what, is, what happens? You hit the play button, you do what? You get into action, right? Success in anything. Successful recovery, it's not for those who need it. It's not for those who want it. There's plenty of people in both of those categories. Successful recovery is for men who are willing to do it, men who are willing to do what most won't to have what most don't. It's about having an action plan that is consistent with my vision, right? It's like putting together a puzzle. This puzzle is my ideal life, and I've got to put it together a piece at a time because I have a vision for the man I want to become in my recovery and in my life because of my recovery. So pillar number two is the play pillar, as in get into action. It's not, and, and it's not just, this doesn't just work in recovery. People who are successful in their relationships are the people who are in action. You know, back to that whole thing, if you look at, look at it as a muscle, your muscles get strong when you exercise them. So do your relationships, so do your finances, so do your personal growth. So does your nutrition. Pillar number three is the pivot pillar. When you take ownership, when you, when, you, when you make a decision, right, you cut off all other options. I'm going to stay clean and sober. I'm going to become the dad, the businessman, the husband, the spiritual leader. You've got to take ownership of what, that, of what your journey looks like. Don't do what I do. Be, be the superstar in your, in your story. Take bits and pieces of what I do. Take, you know, get around a, a brotherhood of men and, and model your life after the ones, the ones who, who you see you want to live like. I just told you, I mean, my first sponsor was awesome for me early on. He helped me go through that fourth and fifth step inventory. But when I started to rebuild the life that I crumbled because of my addiction, I looked at the way he treated his wife and the way he was with his career and his finances. I thought, this is not the life I want to live. He was awesome for me in the first phase of my recovery and getting me through the first part of the steps. But he wasn't somebody, I didn't want my life to turn out like his. You know, there's a lot of men who can preach great recovery in a meeting. And their relationships suck, and their finances suck, and their physical wellness suck. You know, you want to be around men who have it clicking on all eight cylinders, right? Those eight key areas every man's got to master. And you've got to take ownership for your journey. You know, when I talk about putting together that vision, that picture that is a vision for the man you want to become, that's the picture on the top of the box of the puzzle you want to put together. 
when you're confident in who you're becoming in your journey, you you, you will you will have the confidence to adjust and 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 get to a place where you're confident enough to pivot. You know, when when you're working with a sponsor and and you don't think that, not because you don't want to hear what he says, but because he's probably not the guy to help you continue on this journey, change sponsors. Don't go find somebody that want, that's going to tell you what you want to hear. Find somebody that's going to help you go where you want to go. That's what taking ownership of your journey means. Build the self-confidence in your vision to be willing to adjust the plan. Don't, don't change the vision of the husband, the father, the businessman, the spiritual leader. Don't change that vision. Be willing to adjust your plan to make that vision a reality. So pillar number four in getting past guilt. Pillar four is persist. Persist means I'm willing to overcome adversity. Persist means I'm willing to do the things that most men won't to have what most men don't. It means that when things get hard, man, I, I armor up. Recovery is simple, but it's hard. Guess what? So is life. It's meant to be. When you learn to overcome adversity, and here again, let me throw out a couple things about me. You know, I beat addiction. I'm most recently, I'm a cancer survivor. If you hear me on this call and the calls that I do and the videos I shoot, if you hear me clearing my throat, it's because I got a great big hole in the back of my throat because of throat cancer. I had surgery. And I got a great big hole in the back of my throat, and, you know, I made a decision when I had to go through my cancer surgery and chemo and radiation, that I wasn't going to let it ruin my recovery. I was on pain meds when I was in the hospital for the handful of days I was there, and when I got out, man, I, I managed all my pain with Advil. Why? Because I made a decision. I was not going to flush 20 years of recovery down the tube and use, oh, man, they gave me opiates in the hospital as an excuse. Right? You can find a reason to stay clean and sober, or you can find an excuse. And if you're going to pick an excuse, just pick one, because any of them will do. Well, she was mad at me. There was a beer in the refrigerator. Oh, I was around a bunch of my friends, and oh, man, they talked me into it. Okay. Again, make a decision. Persist with the decision. Overcome adversity. Become the best and most powerful version of you. It's simple. It's not easy. It's hard. There's an enemy that is looking to beat your ass every single day. There is, in, there is an enemy that is willing to cause the chaos and the confusion in your life to lead you back to addiction, to lead you away from your marriage, to lead you not to parent your kids. And you better be willing to battle up every day to beat that enemy because he's out there. He's going to take you down. Surround yourself with a brotherhood of men who can help you armor up every day to do what it takes to persist. 
Pillar number five. And there I am clearing my throat. That third step says, turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him, understand him. There's two gods that I know. There's the God that I understand, and then there's the God beyond my understanding. You know, one of the things I help guys with in our Power 12 program when, I, when we go through that, that third step is to realize there is a God that is beyond, our, beyond my understanding because if I understood him, I would be him. And so a lot of the challenges that men have in recovery and a lot of the things that, that they, they can never get over guilt when, when they start doing this ter- third step and they turn their will and their addiction and their guilt and all this stuff over to God is to understand that there is a God that is beyond my understanding. I'm not him. We'll never understand him. I don't know. I don't understand why uh, things happen the way they happen. But understand that third step, there is a God that I know that I pray for and then there pray to, and then there is a God uh, that is beyond my understanding that, that orchestrates the things that happen in this world and connect men like us in, in this powerless to powerful brotherhood, men who are guests on this line, men who we will go out. You know, when I talk about, you know, when somebody asks me, what do you do? Man, I, I want to I follow the path that, that Jesus talked about in the Bible, right? I want to be fishers of men. We want to teach men how to fish, right, how, how, to, how to be powerful in their lives and in their recovery and, and, and awaken their masculine souls and connect with God so they can be the best and most powerful version of themselves. That's why the, the, the pillar number five is the center pillar in everything. You know, I know when I turned this addiction thing over, when I did my first step in treatment back in 1999, when I, when I turned this addiction thing over, and, and, and I made that decision, right? I cut off all other options, and, and God laid out the path, the winding path for me. You know, I can't see where it's going. I can only see to the next curve, and, and I'll make it there because I keep persisting. And then I'll get around that curve, and I'll look to the next, next curve. You know, when I turned this addiction thing over to him, why would I hold on to any of the rest of it? Why wouldn't I turn my, my personal growth and why wouldn't I turn my finances? Why wouldn't I turn my relationships and my physical health, my mental clarity? Why, I mean, why wouldn't I turn all that stuff over to God as well? Prayer is, is, is your connection with God. And, and, you know, most men are confused by the whole concept of prayer. They think it has to be this... Man, I heard it in church, and the, the preacher's got to bless it for it to be worthy. Let me tell you, just have a conversation with God. Get to know him in a way. Your relationship with God is personal to you. You can't have my God, and I can't have yours. But the God that I know and the God that you know becomes the God that's beyond our understanding, that connects us in ways that we could have never figured out. This is where you awaken your soul and connect with the heart of God. When I talk about the eight key areas, right, it begins with personal growth. Recovery is the, num- is the greatest personal growth platform there ever was. But it's not if you get stuck in the belief, and again, 
your acceptance that something is true, and I'll add whether it is or not, the belief that all there is is clean and sober. Turn the addiction thing over and turn the rest of it over as well. When I talk about the eight key areas, begin with personal growth. It comes full circle to spiritual connection. And then you'll find a purpose for your recovery and a purpose for your life because of your recovery. So, again, talking about overcoming guilt. You know, the first thing is to, is to take an inventory. Figure out what you're doing that causes you to feel guilty and quit doing it. Right? Get around somebody. Get around a group of men that you, and, and man, I, I know this to be true. Get around a group of men that you can be truthful, for, be truthful with until you learn to be truthful with yourself. Because if you're an addict and an alcoholic like me, back when I was early in recovery and in my addiction, I, 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 didn't, know, I didn't know truth. I lied to myself. So it was easy to lie to you. And the best thing that I can do for myself is to surround, my, surround myself with a group of men that I'm willing to tell the truth to. And that they're willing to tell their truth to me. You know, I talk about it all the time. One of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself is to be part of an expectation group. You know, there, there's a lot of men that go to meetings, and, and I'm, I'm not kicking meetings, right? I mean, I, I've been in this for I don't know how many thousands and thousands of AA and NA and 12-step meetings and all other kind of meetings and workshops. I mean, I... Hell, I've spent tens of thousands of dollars going to stuff and being involved in stuff. Um, I'm not kicking meetings. But what I'm going to tell you is to surround yourself with guys who help you get to the place that you want to get. If, if you accept clean and sober is good enough and that's your belief, that, that's up to you. But I'm going to tell you, you're leaving a lot on the table. Surround yourself with men who will help you break that belief to understand the whole concept that it is not in your nature to be powerless because I know it's not in mine. I was born in the image and the likeness of a powerful God. So, um, again, getting over this guilt thing. Quit doing what you're doing. Create an action plan. Get into action. Start becoming the man that, that you and God want you to be. Be the best husband, father, businessman, spiritual leader in your community that you can be. Create a plan that's sound. Take ownership of your journey. Be willing to pivot on the journey without losing sight of the vision. Overcome adversity. Be a man that persists because anything worth doing is worth accomplishing, especially when it comes to recovery from addiction. I say all the time, if, if, you, if you're willing to do what it takes to change your body, your mind, and your spirit to get over an addiction. You, my brother, can accomplish anything. So here is, uh, here's where we're going to wrap it up, and I'll open it up if you guys have a question, have a comment. Uh, I will uh, – here's what I'm going to tell you. Uh, if you want to find out more about what we do in the Powerless to Powerful Men's Mastermind, we call it the Phase 2 Men's Mastermind, uh, you can either shoot me a text after this is over at 615 615- 266-6285, and I'll send you a link. Just send me your name, and uh, and, and if you'll text me the information, 
I will either text or email you a link, um, or if you just want to jump on it right after this, go to www.powerless2powerful.com forward slash phase two mastermind. Phase two mastermind is where you'll find information. And again, if, if you uh, want more information, you can always get back to uh, the guy who invited you here as well. So let me open up these lines. And listen, guys, we're not in a place where you've got to jump on here and introduce yourself as a addict or an alcoholic, just, you know, jump in, say your name, where you're calling in from, and uh, if you have a question or a comment, and, uh, you know, just so you'll know, I'm open to criticism as well. If something offends you, you can let me know about it. I'm not sure it will change my opinion. I'll probably spend more time trying to change yours, uh, but let me go ahead and put these uh, put these things in uh All right, star six will unmute your phone if you want to chime in. Um, you can comment on the topic. You can comment on anything that you want to. You can tell a little bit of your story if you want to. Um, we've got, uh, got, a, got a line full of folks, and if we've got a bunch of bashful folks, we'll, 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 uh, we'll cut the call off early. Star six will unmute your phone. Hey, Marcus Carson. Carson, my brother, how are you? I'm great. Uh, yeah, letting go of guilt. That's a uh, that was a great topic. Uh, a lot of good information in there. Uh, as always, you know, when I think about letting go of guilt, um, you know, I, once I realized what I did in my addiction was not who I am. It was simply that. It was it was what I did. What I did was what I did. Um, you know, as far as, you know, lying, stealing, uh, hurting family members, um, all of that was centered around what I did because of my addiction. Um, and once I first realized that and understood that, uh, that's where I was able to start letting go of some of the guilt, you know, and you talk about that, you know, the story with the, with the bag of rocks, you're sw- you feel like you're swimming in an ocean with a bag of rocks is just dragging you down. And all these things that you've done are all these rocks that are in this bag that you're carrying. Um, and we just keep dragging it until we drown pretty much. Uh, instead of throwing the rocks out, uh, or throwing the whole damn bag down. And so, um, yeah, I mean, when I first realized that, um, that was a big part of me being able to start letting go of the guilt. Um, and then you talk, you were talking about the phases of recovery. I mean, phase one is obviously the most important. Uh, if I fail at that, nothing else really matters. You know, I have to pass that first, that test first. Uh, physical abstinence, you know, drinking, using whatever it may be, uh, I have to stay away from whatever that substance is that uh, has wrecked my life for however many years. And, 
so yeah, that's definitely the most important phase. And you know, I went to a lot of meetings early in recovery, and meetings were great. They uh, I gained a lot of knowledge in meetings. Um, but for me, I needed something more. Uh, you know, you hear just go to a meeting or just call your sponsor, don't drink one day at a time. But, I mean, at some point, I want to look down the road and try to figure out, okay, what, is, what does my recovery look like in a week or two months or a year down the road? You know, it's, it can't just be one day at a time every day for me. Um, and so knowing that has allowed me to grow not only in my recovery, but also as a father, as a husband, as a son, uh, a friend, businessman, um, all those areas of my life have really grown, uh, just by understanding that that it, that it's it's not just all it's not centered my life is not centered around my addiction anymore. Um, I don't drink. Uh, I don't use drugs. Uh, it's what I did. It's not who I am. Um, and so yeah. Uh, yeah, I, and, and you're I mean you're right on target, Carson. And and you know it's and I think one of the biggest knocks when I, when I throw out a disclaimer and say, uh, you know, if something I say here offends you, I think one of the biggest knocks that that I have gotten over the years for the things that we do is that guys sometimes will view this as something instead of. 12 steps and meetings and sponsorship and all that stuff. And, and I tell them, no, no, I did all that stuff. This is in addition to. You know, what I, what right. I did in my recovery that, that made me successful um, in the 22 years I've been doing this is, is, is the foundation of meetings and 12 steps and, and the whole deal. But I, that wasn't enough for me. I, I, needed, I needed and wanted more, so I went out and 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 I discovered more, and that's why you know that's why we created Powerless to Powerful. That's why we're doing what we're doing, and uh, I think there are a lot of men just like you, Carson, that that understand that thing that this is not instead of it's in, it's in addition to. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And and you you said it before. I mean, there comes a point in time. You know, I I know it did for me several times, and. The first couple of times I tried to get sober, where you get complacent in your recovery, and uh, you know, guess what? I I relapsed. I would go to meetings, and it just was not something that was fulfilling my recovery or that was working for me long term. Uh, but anyways, yeah, great topic. Glad to be on here tonight. Well, I am glad you're here, my man. Uh, have a great night, and sure. uh, we will. Uh... We'll, uh, we'll catch up with you. All righty. Anybody else want hey, to jump Mark. out? Hey, Mark. My name is uh, hey. Mac. Um, hey, Mac. Uh, actually, our, our friend Carson here invited me on tonight. Uh, first time, uh, long time listener, first time caller. I'm a 
But uh, I, I appreciate the topic. Uh, guilt and shame uh, fits on me like a nice, comfy sweatshirt. Um, I live with it uh, a lot of the time. Um, but uh, something uh, slowly working towards uh, releasing. Um, it, and, you know, like it says in the book, the you know, the, the path of destruction that our alcoholic addict, whatever, tornado-like self leaves behind. Um, and for me, it's constantly looking back at that path of destruction. Um, but uh, with, uh, I like this, uh, it's not instead of, it's addition to, because um, this uh, last time around, um, you know, I was, uh, when I first got into recovery, uh, it was strictly, you know, AA, everything they say they do. Um, uh, and I neglected some mental health that I needed to look at. Um, uh, and so th- this last time around, I've uh, thrown in therapy, um, uh, thrown in a little church, um, uh, just kind of adding every gun to the arsenal that I can to fire at this thing. Um so uh, I appreciate the topic and uh, being here, and uh, that's about it, my man. Well, brother, I sure am glad you were here, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad Carson invited you. There is uh, there's a lot of really cool things that we're doing, and uh, either get with me, you know, I, I, I threw out my number, uh, or get with Carson, and, and we can get you hooked up on on several things that that will really really help. We've got a great group of guys who. Uh, you know who are all focused on 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 getting better and and helping others do the same thing, and uh, man, I uh, I appreciate you coming and spending some time with us, and and uh, um, we look uh, we look forward to uh, to connecting with you in the future. Sounds good. All right, anybody else? We got a couple more minutes. I want to keep this thing under an hour if we can. Uh, thanks, Carson, and thanks, Mac, for jumping out here. Um, we've got uh, several lines that are still on here if anybody wants to jump out if not we will call this thing a wrap burning desires going once going twice well that's it so all right men man I I sure am glad y'all decided to join us and uh, if you're listening to this in a recorded version either on the podcast or the, the back office area of the membership site. Um, you know, if you could only catch it on a recording, uh, remember we do these uh, calls Thursday night, and um, we post the recordings in the, in the membership site for, for our members, and uh, some, of the, some of the information also goes on the Powerless to Powerful podcast. So, again, if you want more information on what we're doing, go to www. Be sure to put that in. PowerlessToPowerful.com forward slash phase to mastermind. There's a video on there where you'll get to see some of the men and, and listen to some of their families talk about what uh, what this journey has meant to them. And uh, this thing's simple, man. It's it's seven bucks a month. It's full of resources. It, it costs less money um, costs less money than than to put gas in your car and drive to a meeting and throw in throw in two bucks in the plate. So. Um, powerless www.powerlesstopowerful.com forward slash phase two mastermind jump on there we look forward to seeing you on the inside of there this is mark mascola signing off powerless powerful live have a great day you absolutely deserve it bye for now